0: Previously on Space Train, Doug and the cadets celebrated Doug's birthday, but throughout the celebration, he received multiple notifications of an incoming video message from the doctor. Finally, Doug stepped away to take the call. And now for Season 2, Episode 11, The Rocket Man's Lair. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents Space Train. It's time to be the Retro music, sound effects and laughter filled the arcade car the Space Train. Purple and pink neon lights swirled across the room's curved ceiling and the carpet was dotted with glow-in-the-dark stars. Colorful lights from the games flashed off the walls. Blaberta and the Gorphies cheered on Leo and Dallas who were going head-to-head in a game of Dance Dance Revolution. <laughs> They followed the stream of dance move cues from their screens, stomping the arrows beneath their feet as they lit up. Leo was destroying Dallas, setting new records and stepping to the music with incredible speed. Dallas's shirt was wet with sweat. No fair, your alien feet move too fast. With a smirk, Leo picked up the pace, making his feet move so fast you could barely see them. Dallas watched in amazement. Dude! A chef bot wheeled over and offered them a slice of pizza. Cheese or pepperoni? Does it look like a good time to stuff my face with greasy pizza? Dallas snapped. The chef bot glanced both ways before offering the tray again. Cheese or pepperoni? All right, cheese. Dallas snatched a slice of pizza and tried to eat it while still bouncing around on the game's flashing platform. Leo rolled his eyes. He finished the dance with a perfectly timed spin that dropped into a split. The Gorfys bounced up and down, singing their chirping praises. Next to them, Doug and Lydia were racing each other at the Cruisin' Galaxy driving game, they turned the steering wheels and slammed on the gas, making their little digital space cars zoom through the screens. Oh yeah, I'm gonna beat ya, Doug said, jerking the wheel around desperately. Finally! You wish! Lydia jerked her wheel back at him. Almost there, Doug whispered. His space car was inching ahead of the other car. Almost! Yes! <laughs> Winner! Woohoo! Wait. The word sixth place flashed on his screen. He looked at Lydia's screen. Hers said first place. How the heck? Lydia laughed. I've been done for a couple minutes now. I was just pretending to still be racing to make you feel better. That other car you beat out was just a bot. Doug laughed. You punk? Doug's communication device vibrated in his pocket. Ugh. I'll be right back. Lydia watched him walk away as he discreetly pulled out his communication device. Doug headed into the computer lab car in the next room. Checking over his shoulder, he plugged his communication device into a computer and clicked start call. A video feed of the doctor in his glass prison cell popped up on the screen. About time, the doctor hissed. It seems I have to call several times to get you to pick up. Doug checked his surroundings again. Not everybody is thrilled I'm talking to you. I don't want them to think I'm up to no good. Their lack of trust is understandable. But they'll come around. My information has proven accurate. I've shown I'm a man of my word. So far, Doug mumbled. How's Etho doing at the academy? Fine. Doug hated the small talk. He had promised himself that when it came to talking to the doctor, he'd keep it short and to the point. What do you have for me? The doctor smiled and raised his eyebrows at Doug's curtness. Very well. You're a busy man. I respect that. My sources tell me that the Rocket Man is leaving his lair for the next couple of days. Now would be an opportune time for you and your team to head over and gather info. Did you get the coordinates I sent you? I got them. Good. Get there as soon as you can and report back with your findings this week. I don't report to you. The doctor folded his hands and leaned closer to the camera. Now, now, Douglas... If you want my help stopping your ghoul for good, you'll have to share all the info you can. Why can't you just send some of your guys over there to go through the place? Because this is your mission, Captain, not mine. My resources are being used elsewhere. You agreed to foot most of the risk in this situation. I am merely here as a consultant. But I assure you, if you follow my lead, you will succeed. Your lead? Doug scoffed. You have until tomorrow evening. You should be able to hack his way in, get in, get the intel you need, and get out. I don't know what kind of security he has in place, so be prepared for anything. Will do. "'Good luck, Douglas.' Doug ended the call and let out a long sigh. Little did he know, Lydia had been listening just around the corner. Minutes later, Doug called an emergency meeting in the planetarium. "'Is everything okay, Captain?' Goro asked as he entered the domed room with the others. "'Everything's great. We have a tip on the whereabouts of the Rocket Man's base.' I also learned that he'll be gone until tomorrow evening. Now's our chance to go in and learn what we can. Goro looked at him for a long moment. His robot expression looked conflicted. He wasn't the only one. Lydia looked to be having an internal
1: struggle herself. Is this inside source the same one who provided the tip that saved the space cruiser? Goro asked. It is,
0: Doug said. I have no reason not to trust it. Lydia raised an eyebrow at him. Doug pretended not to notice. "'Maybe we should go trash the place,' Dallas suggested. Leo shook his head. "'That's a terrible idea,' Doug agreed. "'The more we can find out without calling attention to ourselves, the better. "'I want to make sure when we confront him, we're totally prepared.' "'That would be wise,' Goro said.' So my ideas are terrible now? Dallas folded his arms. Doug nodded. Pretty much. Listen, bro, my ideas are just as... Dallas? Goro interrupted. Remember what we
1: talked about. Dallas calmed down and shook his head. Captain. Goro faced Doug. I understand you and Dallas have had your disagreements recently, but it is time to put that behind us. Mistakes were made, yes? But if you all cannot learn to get past your annoyances, this team will be dissolved and a new team of Wanderers will be recruited. I cannot afford to have our team fighting amongst ourselves. Is that understood? Doug looked at the ground,
0: clenching his jaw. Understood. Goro looked at
1: Dallas. Dallas? Dallas sighed. Understood. Good. I'd prefer not to bring another crew up to speed, but now that we have an academy full of prospective cadets, I will if I have to. Now, back to business. Doug, are you confident in your source? I am. What if it's a trap? Lydia asked. Doug gave her a surprised look.
0: What the heck? Why was she challenging him? Our last tip wasn't a trap, he answered. If it weren't for that tip, everyone on that space cruiser would have been lost, including the group of new students we picked up. Maybe your insider was just trying to gain your trust, Lydia said, putting her hands on her hips. Doug was at a loss for words. Was she really going to question him on this? She agreed to take the info from the doctor. She might not have been happy about it, but she agreed. Plus, after the events of recent days... He thought she'd be even more receptive to his plans. They'd been having a really good time together. It's possible, Doug admitted. But I say we go with the tips as long as they're good. But you're right. We should be prepared for anything. There was a long, awkward silence. Dallas cleared his throat. (coughs) (coughs) Sorry, I'm just catching a cold from the sudden chill in the air. Doug glared at him. Leo smacked Dallas upside the head. Hey!
1: Goro nodded to Doug. If you are confident in your intel, Captain, that is good enough for me. Were you provided with coordinates? Doug handed him a piece of paper. Interesting. The Balamar Galaxy. I wouldn't have guessed. I will set a course for our destination immediately. Goro and the others headed for the cockpit.
0: Lydia was the last one to leave. She held her folded arm power stance in the doorway and gave Doug a questioning look. Doug held up his hands. What? You know what? I don't like it, Doug. Not one bit. Goro should know. Lydia, he might not remember any... Lydia held up her hand. He should... No, and with that, she stormed out. Lydia seemed irritated the whole trip to the Rocket Man's lair. When Doug tried to make a joke, she'd just raise her eyebrows at him. When he tried to make eye contact, she'd look away. Doug was starting to get annoyed. Doesn't she realize he was taking the risk to help them catch the Rocket Man? He didn't see her coming up with any brilliant ideas. The silence between them grew as the train snaked through space. After a short, high-speed journey, the train slowed to a stop. Everyone looked out the window, unimpressed. A small, run-down building stood on an icy comet. The place looked like a grungy, abandoned space fuel stop that had taken its fair share of hits from a laser cannon. Lydia scrunched her face. Yikes! Yikes! Being a villain must not pay well, Dallas joked. Doug's inside squirmed. Had he written the coordinates down right? He double-checked the little piece of paper. I think this is the place. Leo was typing into the control panel. He zoomed the window's view in on the dilapidated fuel station's entrance. He zoomed in again and again. Then he tapped the image. Everyone leaned in. ''Splatter marks?'' Dallas said. ''Some little alien dude got sick and hurled by the door?'' ''He's pointing to the cameras,'' Doug said, giving Dallas a look. ''I know he's pointing to the cameras!'' Dallas lied. Goro studied the image. ''A dilapidated structure equipped with modern surveillance. I would say there's a very good chance we are at the right place.'' Leo, can you scramble their frequency? Leo nodded and proceeded to hack into the camera's feed and disable them. Then he typed some more code into the system, and a few seconds later the cratered metal door hissed open a crack. Doug patted his shoulder and smiled. Let's suit up. The space train came to a low hover in front of the fuel station, and the cadets hopped out onto the icy comet wearing their spacesuits. Doug looked around. The distant sun was beaming brightly, sending rays glimmering off the shiny train and making the comet steam. Blasters ready, Doug said into his headset. Everyone pulled out their blasters that charged as soon as they were taken out. Doug led the way across the icy walkway towards the fuel station. The place looked like an ice storm had once blown through and frozen everything. Icicles hung from the bent sign out front, The alien writing was smudged and faded. Doug didn't like the place. There was something off about it. He came to a stop in front of the door that looked like a rhino had rammed into it and reached out for its mangled handle. Dudes, check it out. Dallas's voice made him jump. Doug turned and saw him standing on a small icy hill next to the station. The crew float bounced their way up next to Dallas and looked down. Doug's eyes grew wide. There was a giant handprint on the ice. Maybe a space giant smacked this comet around a little, Dallas said, looking it over in awe. Pretty radacious. Leo frowned at him. It's a new word I'm trying out. What, it's better than seculio, right? What about radulio? Leo turned a thumb down. Lydia studied the deep print. This must be where the rocket man lands his fish ship. The fingers probably open and spread as it lands. She held a fist out and slowly opened her fingers as she lowered her hand. She looked at Doug with an expression that all but said, you were right. Doug nodded. This is the place. Let's go take a look inside. He led the way back to the fuel station and stepped through the front door. Inside was exactly what he'd expect from an abandoned fuel station. There was a counter and shelves that still had alien snacks frozen in their wrappers. Trash and broken glass littered the floor. Aisles were broken and covered in frost, a few of them looking like a laser cannon had blown them to pieces. As he looked it all over, Doug noticed something scurry along the floor out of the corner of his eye. He whirled around and aimed his blaster. What was that? What was what? that he ran up next to him. I saw something move over there. I think it was a spider. Dallas scoffed. An icy space spider? Come on, bro. This isn't some over-the-top space opera full of icy spiders, spaceship battles, cute aliens, and, um... He trailed off as everyone slowly turned to give him a look. Mm, yeah. Doug shook his head and kept looking around. I don't get it. Did he know we were coming and destroyed everything before we left? Lydia held up an icy moon bar candy that broke in two under her touch. No, I think it has been this way for a really long time. Doug went behind the counter and started playing with the strange round cash register. After punching a few of its buttons, a drawer popped open revealing some dusty coins. This still works. Leo walked over and stepped in front of him. Uh, help yourself? Doug said, getting pushed out of the way. Leo studied the buttons carefully. It was clear he was realizing something. Dallas walked over and leaned against the counter. That's it, Leo. Get those genius juices bubbling. Leo scratched his curly hair and then went to work, typing buttons in a specific order. When the last button was tapped, a trap door on the floor slid open next to them. Doug stared at it in shock. How the heck did you do that? Leo pointed between the cash register and the door and then mimed typing. You used the same code to hack the door? Lydia asked. Leo pointed at her and bounced his eyebrows. Lydia looked at Doug and Dallas. Good thing there's one genius on our team. You're welcome. Dallas replied. You wish. They headed down the trapdoor into the room below. Doug could feel the air get colder through his spacesuit as they descended the spiral staircase. Blue lights turned on around them when they reached the bottom. Sweet, Dallas said, looking around. They were in a round room made of ice. Must have been carved into the heart of the comet. If Doug looked closely, he could see the stars of space through the thick walls. The room was largely empty except for a mannequin holding an extra chest plate and a couple of stands with fake hands on the end that Doug assumed held the Rocket Man's gloves when he wasn't using them. At the far end of the room, there was a single desk with several monitors. Leo headed for it and took a seat. Nobody had to ask him to go to work. If there was ever a computer, it was expected Leo was going to dive in. His fingers tapped the keyboard at an impossible speed. The screens blinked on and started scrolling through images and text. Doug leaned over his shoulder. Anything you could find on who he is and what he's up to would be helpful. He glanced back at the trapdoor in the ceiling to make sure no one was coming. Again, he swore he saw a spider-like shape scurry by the opening. He looked back at the computers. Stop there! He pointed to one of the screens that showed the planet Schnozheim. There were 3D video loops of the Olafactors exploding. What in the world? Is there a date on these? Leo typed some more, and a date popped up on the screen. That's before we ever got to Schnozheim. He planned that attack, Lydia said. Leo kept cycling through the images and found more elaborate plans of the Rocketman's attacks. There were detailed schematics of the space cruiser, and even the connector in the academy alice pointed at it
1: how does he know about the connector
0: doug shook his head this is not good leo brought up news clips of the cadets missions there was footage of them fighting the robot celebrating on gorf with the Gorphies, and their breakout with Fusik and her slugpipe there was even older footage of some of their earlier missions They watched as Dallas surfed the wave on Mars and their battle against the Doctor and his exiles back before the Academy was reopened. Leo pulled up the bios of each cadet on another screen. It even included their interests and biggest fears. Doug quickly started reading over Lydia's bio. Doug's name was listed under her interests. To his dismay, before he could read further, the screen changed again, and this time it was scrolling through the list of prospective students it is, Dallas said. Proof that he got a copy of our list. Another screen was gliding through a 3D rendering of the revamped Academy of Wanderers and a detailed blueprint of the space train with all of its quirky cars. This guy's obsessed with us, Doug said. Lydia shook her head. But why? She started looking through the desk drawers and pulled out an old Academy yearbook. He's obviously interested in the Academy. He's even got info on the Exiles. Dallas pointed at another screen that had pictures and bios of all the Exiles. Clay Bogan, Jojo Mijo, the Turbo Twins, diva all of them. What the? What's this? Dallas pointed to a drawn image of the cadets with the Rocket Man drawn next to them as if he were part of their team. He got my proportions all wrong. My arms are way buffer than that. Does he want to be a wanderer or something? Doug wondered aloud. What's even weirder is we haven't seen one thing about Goro. That is weird, Lydia agreed, looking over all the screens. Leo snapped his fingers and pointed to the middle screen. There was a large schematic of a rocket, and next to it was the planet Earth. There was a long, uncomfortable silence. Dallas clenched his fists. He's gonna launch a missile at Earth? Look, Doug pointed to the side of the screen where there was a column of kid bios. Aren't those kids on our list of potential wanderers? Leo nodded. They're one of the last batches we had to pick up, Lydia said. Earth was gonna be one of our final stops. Doug couldn't believe it. Was the Rocket Man really planning on attacking Earth? How much time do we have? Is there any indication as to when he'll carry out his plans? Leo scanned through some more info and stopped. He reached the end and shook his head. Nothing, Doug sighed. We'll have to place surveillance bots in the Milky Way galaxy to give us a heads up if anything unusual enters orbit. And we'll have to work with Goro to get those kids off Earth. Lydia looked genuinely scared. Doug... I know we faced a lot of crazy things already, but this is our home world we're talking about. He's making this personal. But why? Dallas jumped in. What's with this dude? He's going around blowing stuff up for us to clean up, causing all sorts of problems. Now he wants to attack Earth? All this and the dude is sketches of him as part of our team. The guy's a Looney Tune. Doug handed Leo a thumb drive. Hopefully we can make more sense of it after spending some time really digging through all this. Download what you can. We'll brief Goro on it in the planetarium. Leo nodded and put the thumb drive into the computer. As fast as he could, he started downloading all the files. Doug noticed that Lydia's eyes were closed. His stomach squirmed. Lydia? Lydia's eyes suddenly opened and she gasped for air. Stop. Leo looked at her confused. Get your hands off the... Snatch! Before she could finish, the keyboard rolled itself over Leo's hands and cuffed him to the table. An alarm sounded. (laughs) Blasters! Doug shouted over the noise. Everyone but Leo charged their blasters. Lydia looked at Doug in a panic. They're not spiders. They're... Boom! Something landed on the stairs hard. It scurried down the steps and emerged from the shadows. Lydia was right. It wasn't a spider. It was worse. A fistbot crawled across the floor on its mechanical fingers and came to a stop in front of them. They aimed their blasters at it. Silence. The fistbot wasn't attacking, was waiting for something. The alarms gradually stopped and intense music started playing over the computer speakers. That was the fistbot's cue. It jumped and rocketed off the floor fiery jet blasting it through the room. Boof, boof, boof. the cadets fired their blasters at it, but the shots ricocheted off its armor. Look out! Doug and Lydia dove out of the way as the bot formed a fist and zoomed right over them. Wham, it punched into the wall hard behind them. Dallas, go big, Doug called out. Are you crazy? I can't get calm with this music playing. More fist bots scurried down the steps on their fingers and blasted off towards
1: them. Shoo!
0: Wham! Shoo! Wham! The cadets dove out of the way, barely dodging their attacks. Poor Leo was trying desperately to free himself from the clutches of the keyboard. Finally, propping his foot up on the table, he ripped the keyboard free with his hands still attached. Shoo! Clank! He held the keyboard up as a shield and deflected a flying fistbot just in time. Clank! 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 A few more bounced off the metal keyboard as he swatted them away. We need more firepower, Lydia said, firing off more blasts that did little to no damage to the bot's thick armor. There were several of them now, skittering across the floors and walls and jetting towards them with no warning. Toss me your blasters, Doug said. I like my blaster right where it is, thank you very much. Dallas shot back. Sound good it's doing you. Come on, hurry. Lydia tossed him her blaster, and Dallas reluctantly followed suit. Doug ran over to the desk, dodging a few flying fistbots in the process, and then set the blasters next to the computer. Is the download done? Leo nodded and blocked another bot. Good. Doug took out the thumb drive and tucked it away. Now smash them, all of it, the guns, the computers, break them down as much as you can. Leo immediately turned and started smashing the blasters and computers to pieces, occasionally stopping to deflect a few attacking fistbots. Doug stopped him. That's enough, everybody get behind Leo. They all jumped behind Leo, who was starting to get tired of deflecting all the flying metal fists. His keyboard was covered in deep dents, and every hit was clearly painful on his hands, like catching fastballs in a thin glove. Doug held his hands out over the smashed up debris, closed his eyes, and imagined them coming together. He remembered what he had done during their training in the Academy's arena, pictured a blueprint of his creation. His hands shook. Energy buzzed through his fingers. Sweat beaded on his forehead. In his mind's eye, wires, casings, tubes, and crystals were coming together. Clunk, clunk, clunk. Leo was on his knees now. You can't take much more, Dallas shouted. Doug! Lydia's voice was faint in Doug's ears. Its echoes snapped him out of his trance. His eyes snapped open and he looked at his creation. A huge laser turret fell onto the desk with a thud. He scooped it up and it hummed to life at his touch. Holding the massive laser weapon at his hip, he turned and took aim. Get down, he shouted. The cadets dropped. A spray of thick lasers ripped through the fistbots. Sparks, metal, and smoke filled the room. Doug could feel the heat from the blast. See the haze from the barrels. Boom, 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 boom. Four, six, ten, a dozen Fistbots were blown to pieces and still they came skittering down the spiral stairs. Boom, boom, boom. 20, 25. Boom. The last Fistbot exploded into sparks a few feet from punching Dallas in the face. The room went quiet. Fistbot remains covered the floor. Black blaster marks dotted the icy walls, leaving smoking holes.
1: Dude.
0: Dallas caught his breath.
1: You did it.
0: I did. Doug looked around in disbelief, sweat dripping down his face. As Doug went to set the turret blaster down, he caught a glimpse of a crawling shadow in the corner of the ceiling. Doug, look out. Lydia shouted. A little jet ignited near the ceiling. Then there was a thud, followed by total darkness. All went quiet. When Doug finally opened his eyes, he was seeing stars. They twinkled above him and moved gracefully across the blackness of space. He blinked some more and looked around. He was reclined in a chair looking up at the space train's planetarium-domed ceiling. As he tried to sit up, a sharp pain shot through his head. He fell back into the chair and touched the bandage wrapped around his head. He's awake, came a voice. He hadn't noticed Lydia sitting next to him. She had obviously been sleeping in the chair by his side. Her eyes were bloodshot and her red hair was messy. She threw off the blankets and pressed a button on the armrest. "'He's awake!' she said again. Goro and the other cadets soon came running into the room.
1: "'Captain, thank heavens you're okay!' Goro said, running over to his side. "'We've had the medbots keeping an eye on your vitals. "'They appear to be okay, but we've been worried. "'Head injuries can be serious. I would know.' "'Doug groaned, forcing himself to sit up.
0: what happened?' A little fist punched your lights out, bro, Dallas said. Lydia scooped up your humungo blaster and let loose on it. I'm pretty sure it was nothing but dust by the time she stopped firing. Doug looked at Lydia, who shrugged and smiled.
1: I may have
0: overreacted a bit. Doug noticed that Leo's hands were also in bandages. Are you okay? Leo managed to give two thumbs up through the wraps. That was some incredible blocking. I'm telling you guys, it's that alien speed I've been talking about, Dallas said. I take partial credit for practicing dance dance revolution with him. You know, keeping him light on his toes. I'm basically his trainer. Leo rolled his eyes. Doug felt his
1: pockets. Did we make it out with the thumb drive? Goro held it up. It It was safe inside your pocket. We were waiting for you to come to before doing a deeper dive into the intel. Excellent work, cadets.
0: I also snagged this. Lydia held up the old Academy yearbook. And you're not going to believe what I found. Everyone exchanged a curious look as she opened to the bookmarked page. She pointed to a skinny boy with buzzed hair. Look familiar? Doug squinted at the name under the picture. Maximus Hedrum. He slowly looked up at his friends. The Rocket Man went to the academy? Of tears. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Space Train. I want to thank my mom, Roxanne Webb, for helping edit this story, and Jeremy from HarmoniousIdeas.com for helping edit the audio. And I want to give a big shout out to the Sluter family: Jason, Tracy, Kessid, Alethia, Jana, and David from the Northern Virginia area. Thank you so much, you guys, for becoming patrons and for supporting the show. Ah, oh, you guys are amazing. I love it. And I love that you're listening to the podcast during homeschool snack time. We're all about homeschool snack time over here. We homeschool the kids. And they want snacks basically every 20 seconds while they're doing their work. So, yeah, we can relate to that. (laughs) The snack time can take a while. Thank you guys so much for your support. Rocketeers, if you're looking for a way to support the podcast, please go to Patreon.com and consider signing up. You can also help the show by leaving a five-star review wherever you listen, and by far, the biggest way you can support the show, apart from Patreon, is telling your friends and family when you spread the word, that really helps. Tell them about your favorite stories on the Purple Rocket. A lot of kids could use some screen-free entertainment, especially during the summer when we've got more free time. It's important that we're not just camped out in front of the screens. I hope you Rocketeers are getting out and loving summer and having a blast, but also keeping your minds, your imaginations sharp, and being kind to others, being kind and helpful in your homes. I'm also a big believer in hard work, so guess what, Rocketeers? I don't think summertime is all about playtime. I think you should also be finding ways to help out around the house. Ask mom and dad what you could do to help out. Maybe you could help in the garden. Maybe you can clean up outside. Make sure you're on top of cleaning your room so your parents don't have to ask you 30 times. Rocketeers, in your family, you're a team, right? And just because you don't have school to go to or maybe you're taking a break from homeschooling for a little bit during the summertime, I'm not sure how you guys do it there in your home. But even if you have some free time, it is important to take a break and to take a breather. But it's also important to help out the family and to create a good work ethic. That's going to help you so much. You don't have to be a super genius to do whatever you dream about doing when you get older. But you do need to learn how to work hard and be persistent and to be kind and work well with others. It's going to help out, Rocketeers. So work hard this summer. The cadets... The space train crew, they have to work pretty dang hard to complete their missions. It feels like nothing's easy for them. And guess what? Things get hard for us, too. Sometimes we got to battle some fist spots, okay? Rocketeers, you're amazing. I love the feedback. I love reading the reviews. I want to share one of my favorite reviews that I recently read on Apple Podcasts. It's five stars, and I don't know the name of this kid. It's just like gibberish in the in the name line. It says somebody just like pounded some keys, but either way, let me tell you, I love this review. It says ah. One more episode. I'm assuming you're referring to Pockets because after that last episode that came out, I announced that. I think there's just one more episode of Pockets. This is one more episode. I've been listening to this podcast since I was five or six, and I'm almost 11, and this is still my favorite podcast. Dude or dudette, that is – woo. Such an awesome compliment. I am honored that you've listened for five years. This is the five, I think it's the five-year mark. This summer marks five years of the Purple Rocket. So I am amazed and blown away that you've stuck with me for that long. And I know there are other Rocketeers out there who've done the same. Thank you so much, you guys and girls and parents who've been uh, patient and turned it on. That's incredible. It's been a roller coaster last five years. And it's so fun to just think back of those first episodes of Space Train that I was doing. And I was doing, you know, those first seasons at the same time. It was madness, but man, it's so, it was so hard to keep like characters straight while you're was just like bouncing every week, like between these four different stories. But so cool, so incredible. And I appreciate you for your review and for sticking around. Rocketeers, please keep being awesome. I love the positive feedback. Maybe you can also turn around and give some of that positive feedback to other people around you, that positivity. The world needs it right now, and you guys are powerful. Tell your parents and your siblings how awesome they are. Goes a long way. We all need a little love. Thanks so much, Rocketeers. Don't forget to tune in next time. This is your host, Greg Webb.